0: Casting live from the ESPN 690 Anajari Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Chats with Brent Martineau. Honestly, just, you know, my, my first catch, you know, as, as a Jaguar. I think it was, uh, you know, something I've been anticipating. And, you know, glad I was on third down and converting to a first down. And, uh, you know, play we've been, you know, running on camp. So it was just, uh, it was a great moment and uh, looking for many more. What a bite! <laughs> what a bite! <laughs> Who asked him that question to get that bike? <laughs> you excited? Oh! That's uh, that's Casey Kurtz with Christian Kirk. Oh. Yeah, it was inspiring young journalists. Yeah, Brent Martino, Casey Kurtz here in person. Aaron Schachter, done with his fight breakdown. You gonna do Usman next? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna do an after show <laughs> Usman breakdown, but then I'm gonna bring it back to the Jagsbury game fight or pre preseason fight. Uh, Casey Kurtz, how was the locker room? And was that your first experience? Yeah. Yeah, that that was the uh, the best part about it.
1: Uh, if you're out there listening to the radio and you think, what would it be like to work with Brent Martino? He puts you in incredibly great situations <laughs> and gives you zero coaching. I love it. We're about to walk in the locker room. Brent's words of advice, you know what to do, right? <laughs> I reply, not at all, Brent.
0: Love it. I don't think he's There we went. I think there he just gave go. me a blank look. Right no, into the I, fire, dude. There we go. Right into the fire.
1: Didn't know what I was doing. Uh, had a conversation with Jamal Agnew. I'll play that on overtime, so you can uh, stick around for that. But, uh... Yeah, you know, just kind of did my thing, and um, again, zero coaching with Brent Martineau, but you always find your way through. Was there an eye-opening thing about the facility
0: itself that you were like, "Oh man, this really, this really is impressive"?
1: There was an eye-opening moment, but I can't say it on the radio.
0: Oh, it has to do with uh, clothing, doesn't it? It has to do with clothing. Okay, fair enough. I
1: had the same experience, two
0: thousand seven. Yep,
1: I can relate. Yep. Uh, the lock, <laughs> the locker room is very nice, though. Uh,
0: <laughs> I was just say, I-, I just think of that. Like, it's such a bizarre thing. Very hot. In the in the sports world to hang around you, naked men and not pretend like it's happening. Well, that yeah, I guess. But on top of that, like can you imagine the roles being reversed? Like anybody coming in and watching you do your job when you're like in your underwear. Showering. Yeah. Yeah. Or I under, thought you meant that the reporters had to be in towels and the athletes could stop do any thought job. Any that like, shows, like somebody's going to No, you're right. Like, Somebody comes part into the job. Studio. Like yeah. they come into your studio like really your day starts in your bathroom. Yeah. And people are there. Yeah. It's so weird. working at Hooters is like <laughs> it is just a bizarre part of sport. It really is weird, and weirder to me that that nobody addresses it. Nope. I know it's like taboo to even say it. I think like I'm I probably shouldn't even be bringing it up. But, but. it is weird. Like it doesn't happen anywhere else. But they get. I guess they get used to it. Everybody, yeah. Everybody was calm, but me.
1: <laughs> I was like, what are we doing in here, guys? Crazy. Fred's like, go talk to him. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Sorry.
0: You had to be like so amped up to be in there on Saturday. I, I
1: was eight. excited, but yeah. I'm, I'm telling you, I was just looking for a bit of coaching.
0: None. Well, ask. Well, how about this? What, now that you've been through the experience, what do you want me to guess, like I've got TV to do. Like I got, I'm on a, I'm on a time crunch. <laughs> I'm like gotta, I've got a lot going on. I got an adrenaline rush just come off the sideline. Got a ten thirty Action Sports Jack's prime time. I gotta get stuff done. Like just a slight time to babysit. <laughs>
1: I, I didn't I first of all it's not babysitting. I just wanted like a little bit of like what what are the
0: rules to this? How like, would you how, how would you rules? coach yourself now, Don't, having experienced it?
1: <laughs> um I would give myself like a six. Like no, no, I was no, no, no. I not ask you to
0: rate, I'm saying what would you have told yourself? What would be the coaching?
1: Uh look down. As opposed to where Eh You know Uh, I will say like (laughs) Don't look down I think I I think I did an okay job I don't know what I could have done better yet Um You know
0: Was there any point during the interview Where Agnew told you that his eyes were up here And then pointed to his face No Okay just a second No 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 Uh the I mean what else Other than that it's just interviewing You're just waiting for them to get dressed That's it that's all it is. Yeah, yeah, no big deal. Just in a professional NFL locker room. Yeah, I mean, come on, man. To stars. Act like you've been there before. You hit your first home run. I mean, first, of do all, first of all, I did act like I've been
1: there. I, did, <laughs> I didn't do anything outside of, like, that I shouldn't have done. Everything was fine. I'm just bringing it up now because we came to this point.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it's yeah, – I think you did your job. Like, that's it. I you think know, so, you too. Some, you got Jamal Agnew. You were in there for Christian Kirk. <laughs> I mean – Obviously, yeah. you thought it was the best question that's ever been asked in the history of sports. It reporting. Was, it was. <laughs> but, yeah? Uh, who else were you in uh, there with? Uh, Smoot, Smoot, uh, Lewican.
1: Uh, I'm a Lewican, yeah. And and uh, I was about to talk to Cisco, and then some other things happened. But um, you know,
0: well, it's an intro You got 90 players, right? That you could potentially talk to. You got to pick your spots and then See. find out.
1: See, it's just coming down to like what to do.
0: See, he was looking for this coaching prior to the last uh, one. This the is the first room. time he's asking for the coaching. Oh, a little bit. On a Monday afternoon, afternoon. afternoon. Well, I get it now. Now you'll be right. ready to roll. Right. I'm ready. Let's just get a plan in place.
1: All right, I got the plan now. I don't need any coaching anymore. Okay. <laughs> I went through the whole two preseason games with zero coaching. I know what to do now. Okay I got this unlocked. Wait Wait till they play Indianapolis I'm being there With everybody Oh wow I'm gonna have One on ones With the whole team <laughs> yeah. Including Matthew Wright Once they sign him oh,
0: I doubt God. it We gotta get Matthew On the phone And let him know that Why don't you just Try to set that up Go contact his agent That's what you do man Go get Matthew, Matthew Wright I'm agent Clearly
1: he needs the help i am be honest with you What are we gonna ask him How does it feel To not be on the team
0: Nah, man. No, how does it feel that we keep advocating for him? Advocating Listen, for you why, to why don't be on we start team? every day and just make a pitch for him? Because well, this you is hate it, him, man. I, I do look. not hate him, Casey. You're on TikTok, man. You see these videos where they're like day 30 of asking the Jaguars to sign my favorite kicker. Yeah, here, here we go. Videos of Matthew Wright. I mean, this is easy. Yeah, man. A little hanging fruit here. Come on, get after it. You love the guy. I want him to earn it, though. <laughs> I want Matthew <laughs> Wright to. Earn to, to He's earned your love. He's earned the job. I want it to get signed if only to see how high that casing meter goes. Oh man. Because it's gonna go way higher than a 10.
1: Don't let it pop through. Like any minute. Like let it come up on the bottom of NFL a little breaking news.
0: Jag <laughs> signed Matthew Wright. <laughs> Holy cow, I'm going out the window. <laughs> well, the, can the Jags can the Jags sign him? Like physically? Is it allowed? No well
1: They got nine million in cap space. He only needs about seven.
0: Does <laughs> seven for what? <laughs> 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 seven to get it to the seven-yard line. Hey, <laughs> pin him deep, baby. Can the Jack, I mean, does it hurt? Does it? Is it an egg-on-the-face moment if they were to sign Matthew That's Ray? what I think the problem, like the entirety of the problem, I'm convinced, is that you just let this guy go to bring him back to admit failure after bringing in, what, three kickers at this point. It's embarrassing. Jags, though. Is it? I would think it would be yes. Uh, bring but him in. I know why, I know why they uh, let Matthew Wright go. We all do. Stupidity. No, they didn't <laughs> think that he had the leg to get it to the end zone on kickoffs. And I mean, I that's a same. problem. Like, I do We can overvalue again. that as much as Casey wants me not to. But the bottom line is, you want a guy that can do kick it through the uprights sure. on touchbacks. Yes. And kick it through the uprights on field goals. Yeah. And so they thought they had bigger legs in camp, and so. They let him go. Maybe literally literally. physically did. Santoso was a very big leg. And and by the way, Casey, can you call up Matthew Wright's numbers last year? Like, we are overplaying the value of Matthew Wright a little bit. And I like the guy, UCF guy. I like him. But, I mean, this wasn't like Josh Lambo went 31-32 to from field goals a couple years back. And they let him go. Like, that's not the situation here. Listen. By the way, would they have even attempted a 57-yard kick with Matthew Wright? Oh. What was, oh. It, what was his long last year? 54? Excuse me. Oh, 56. Boy. Was it? See, right. 57 might be tough. And both of the...
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, okay. Coming way short of that 57-yarder. <laughs> well, hey, how, how much did it clear it by? Yeah. I don't know. That- did a boink? I mean, you were sitting there uh, talking on Santoso like he was nowhere close. I don't think he was still. All right. Well, apparently Matthew Wright that day yeah, couldn't but, have hit a fifty-seven yarder.
1: Well, it's fine. It won him the game in Miami, if you remember. Uh, by the way, or in London, twenty-one for twenty-four.
0: So he's twenty-one for twenty-four. He kicked that many field goals. Not bad. Wow. Yeah, not bad. What was his? Uh, so he had a fifty-six, and I think he had obviously the Miami game he had two over fifty. He was four from six for fifty-plus. Wow, that is impressive. Why can't he get for it to three. three. <laughs> no one or four. From 50. Yeah, 50-plus. Santoso kicked one the other night from 52 or something, didn't he? 53, I thought, yeah. Yeah. One for four. So, I just, I really do wonder. Again, listen. Sign Matthew right back. I, I think we can't sleep on the fact that that is a problem spot. Like, the Jags did, I wouldn't say they did all they could do to put themselves in position to win. They should have won that game like 15 different ways. But let's just take the game. And I understand not all starters, but just take it as like a a sample of a game that happens in the regular season. And it's 16 to 15. You're trailing with a minute and a half to go. And Trevor gets him in position and gets him down to the 38 yard line or something like that. Yeah. Or even better like the 30 yard line. And if you do all that work and you're the Jags who've only won four games over the last couple of years and you get in that position and the guy misses, that is super deflating. I mean, you need that guy to, to get it done. But because you have enough things that you're trying to overcome and to put yourself in a position, and let's just say it's a 16-15 isn't a great example here because you hope they scored more than that, but it, it's against, like, a good team. And so you can steal a win. Or if it's against Tennessee or Indianapolis, and it comes down you're like, yeah, I really don't know if this guy's going to make it. Like, to be honest with you, when Santoso <laughs> walked out there, I was like, yeah, I don't really think he's going to make it. <laughs> well, yeah, I didn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, why would I have confidence he was going to make it? Yeah. And... Does Matthew Wright give you that? Maybe. Maybe yeah. he does. Yeah. Like he gives Casey that. But I'm saying, does he give their organization that? Does he give their team that? I think if he did, he'd be in camp. Yeah, it is a little strange. And then the op- the other part of that is, are they just afraid to bring him back now because it looks bad? Like, is it an optic thing because you cut him? It's like, well, listen, guys, it's about winning games. Who cares if it looked bad? Just how There's reason why that, you though. cut him. Like, it's like, we get it. It just never happens that way. Like, it's almost as if they'd rather move on and find someone of equal talent or even slightly less if it meant they wouldn't have to go. Just kidding. We messed it up. Well, it, it's. A, I don't remember it in this kind of situation, but it happens all the time with other players. They're just back of the roster guys that don't play very much. Like, I mean, they brought Jake Luton back. Luton was where? With Seattle? Yeah. And they brought him back. But they did. They but brought when- E.J. Perry back. They cut him because he was injured. Brought him back. But an injury cut, I think, is different than uh, this guy can't play oh, to the that's level right. that we want him to cut.
1: Out of curiosity, uh, Brent and Aaron, if uh, Evan McPherson was the kicker of the Jags, how would you feel?
0: That's the Bengals kicker, correct? No, it is. He's a really good kicker. It, he that, is really good. Uh, Make the comparison. I'd love to hear it.
1: Uh, Matthew Wright had a higher field goal made percentage. Than how Evan many? Yeah, to be honest with you, goals.
0: McPherson was like, it's former Florida kicker, by the way, was... and. Eh. And then in the postseason, he was whoa. Yeah. Right? True. He was money in the postseason. He was. You
1: know, we'll never know, Matthew Wright, because Jazz. But <laughs> uh, Robbie Gould, do you like Robbie Gould? Think he's
0: a good kicker? Robbie Gould, yeah. Good. I think he was a good kicker. Still, he's got a leg on him. He's got a leg. You know. But he's, it's Wright, an old leg. You know, just better. Gold used to be gold. But not, uh, any, and, and field, field goal percentage includes all field goals. It doesn't necessarily speak to how much work you're doing from the 40s uh, out and the 30s out and the 50s out. Listen, I don't correct. mind. Just, yeah, if you miss so a 54, forward. 55, 56, like I don't know where the cutoff used to be 50, right? If you're over 50 and you're missing kicks, it's like, listen, I mean that's not an easy kick. Now it's like. I still feel that way. Now it's like 53, 50. It's like 52 and under. It's like, okay, I feel like every kicker in the NFL, like distance isn't a problem. And so you should probably start making them. But the bigger story is if you can't make like your 40 to 47, 48, especially yep. 49, before you get to the 50s, like you need those. Because, again, the Jags need those points. They don't look great in the red zone. They can't be missing those. The one good thing about Santosio Day, at least he didn't like miss like a gimme. Yeah. No, but you're right. If the Jags are sitting there on offense doing the work from their own 20 to the opponent's 35 on every uh, possession, and they still can't get it through the uprights, I mean, it's it's a real problem.
1: Hey, uh, these we- numbers are incredible, by the way. Just diving into them. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Same exact percentage as Tyler Bass, the guy for the Bills. That's, like, really good. Made longer field goal than Matt Gay, than Young Oku. Than all these guys that are good kickers. This
0: is incredible. Look, what the hell are they doing? When you're, you're saying longer, what's everybody goal? else doing? Why haven't they signed him? You're talking about a kick, not all the kick. Look, why hasn't anybody else signed Matthew Wright? We're not the only ones in Jacksonville with a kickoff kicking problem.
1: It's a great question. I think it's just idioc- idiocracy,
0: stupidity throughout the
1: league. <laughs> <laughs> idiocracy. Truly. <laughs> now, I will give you this, Brett. I give you this is one for water? some satisfaction. <laughs> yeah. Only 19% touchbacks.
0: Yeah, see, that's I mean, is, is it that's that right, big a actually. deal? It's that big a deal, I guess. Like, that's so dumb. That is so dumb. But you're putting your defense in a bad position.
1: Are you? Because if you kick it and he catches it on the three, if you have a good cover team, you might be able to stop him before the touchback. But clearly that's not before what was the 25. happening. Sorry.
0: That's well, not what was happening. Yeah, but you think you got a better special teams unit this year, bring him back. And by the way, your, your Tyler Bass comparison, uh, it's lacking a little bit. Why? When you dig into the numbers, in the thirty to thirty-nine specifically, but uh, forty to forty-nine too, like he trails in all of them. So would you trade? Because right chances. Would you trade? Uh, and, and obviously, the answer around the league appears to be somewhat of a no. The Jags sucked. Keep in mind, nineteen percent touchbacks versus twenty-one for twenty-four field goals. By the way, he missed two extra points. Yeah, that's. But that's. I don't even. I think that's like probably average. So like the. People are going to miss an extra point or two now because it's from further back. So, but I guess it's, that's what they're asking themselves inside, right? Yeah. They got these big legs. They felt better about the big leg. But if the big leg can't make enough field goals, so long the big leg. I mean, you can't deny Santoso's big leg. Like 50, you can't actually attempt to kick from like 62. You really can't. Now, yeah. I can't yeah so give it, it to them on the other side of the field. Well, from I'm talking also. like an end-of-the-game situation, you know? Like oh, that. Sure. There's a value to that. And I think there's a value to a touchback, by the way. Hmm. But how much is the value versus makes? Yeah, I, it's got to not outweigh it. And, and I, like, again, I think the Jag situation is really interesting because they can't find one. I, this is the most, like, anybody in sports radio has ever talked about kicker over the last month. Well, actually, we talked about him a lot last year and the year before. So that's three right years in Right on par around. with this show. But, what, I mean, they can't find a fix. So let's just say the Jags are like, hey, we don't want egg on our face for bringing this guy back after we said he wasn't good enough and we brought two other guys in. But then the question would be, then why isn't anybody else bringing him in? Yeah. Because we know this. There are not – there's not a plethora of kickers out there. Right. Yeah, that is a weird question. Why don't we see more of these guys – why isn't it more incestuous with kickers? Almost like it is with that coaching tree. You know, you've got this small world of coaches who can do it in the NFL, at least, you know, as far as conventional wisdom is concerned. And these guys work on all these different teams with guys they've all worked with before. How come we don't see that same incestuousness when it comes to kickers and punters? If you're having so much trouble from team to team, I mean, there are certainly guys out there. There's not enough of them, man. Bottom line, there's not enough of the guys. I mean, there's one for each team. That's all you need. We can't find 32 kickers in the league. I mean, we've had this conversation before. It's crazy. They're looking at unconventional places now. Uh, so anyway, uh, let's take a break. Uh, we put uh, a little recap on um, some of the Trevor and the defense conversation. If you missed that, we talked a lot about it the early part of the show. You can always go back and listen on the podcast, Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690, or on our YouTube channel, same deal. Uh, but we'll talk a little bit more about that. Also got some around-the-league topics coming up uh, here on a Monday on ESPN 690. Yeah, I mean, you, you try to play these games because I mean they're still they're still real games. It's you know you got to play them like they're real. But on the other hand, um, you don't game plan the same. You know that you have the season coming up in a couple of weeks, and you want to have all your ammo. And you want to be prepared, and um, you got so you got to play it smart. But you also can't come out here and, and not use anything and, and get your teeth kicked in. So you gotta you gotta find the balance. So I think we're doing a great job. I think we. Whatever we run, we just got to execute. And you you saw that tonight at times, and other times where we didn't. That is Trevor Lawrence, and Trevor Lawrence is just fine. All right, we good on that? Casey agrees. Yeah, I do. It It does make make you right back, but we agree (laughs) on that. (laughs) It does make me think of like teams like the Bears, where like the fan base knows it's going to be a long, ugly season. Why wouldn't they go out there with the real playbook on like preseason game two and three to just whoop some ass in the preseason, sell some tickets, and then go on with uh, shellacking throughout the regular season? I, I actually do think what that? Doug last week against Cleveland came out a bit more aggressive than I've seen more or most coaches go in the preseason. I think he did that. Because I think exactly what you just said. I mean, listen, some, uh, exactly. you want to be coy, cool, you want, but I think people know, Doug, for the most part, what he's going to do overall. I mean, you'll have new wrinkles, but I think he, boom, shot down the field on a double move. I'm yeah. not sure you see that on the first play of the preseason. Maybe you do, <laughs> but then it was a read option. Remember, like Trevor running? You don't do Like, why would you put Trevor running in yeah. the preseason? Because uh, he knew it would probably fool him and get some momentum going. Yeah. Like, I feel like, I think he did a great job of that, by the way. And trying to build it. I mean, at least even the other night, they had 15-play drive, 10-play drive. Those are good drives. They just got to finish them off. They got to yeah, make gotta like one more play. And that sounds easier <laughs> said than done. <laughs> just get in the end zone, guys. What's uh, the problem? By the way, a couple, uh, another uh, line of cuts for the Jags. Marvin Hall was released wide receiver. Lawan Winningham, who I thought had a chance yeah. to actually be a star this camp, really didn't do anything. Like he was really good in the spring. And I think I told you guys, keep an eye on that guy to threaten. More than even a Tim Jones or a Cotton or Austin, uh, who they had uh, signed as an undrafted free agent. And winning him really didn't do anything. Wyatt Ray, Grayson Gunter, Shabari Davis. uh, That's a corner, a tight end, a linebacker. Wyatt Ray. uh, And then a lineman, uh, Bo Benchewel. They cut Wyatt Ray. They signed him like two days ago. I know. He's been kind of yo-yoed around a little bit. So, uh, you think Winningham uh, comes back on the practice. No, guard? no, no, I don't think he earned it. I'm just saying, like, I thought coming into camp, I thought he had a chance, and he really didn't do anything. Yeah, I mean, his practice stuff didn't pop anymore, and nothing in the game. So, so you're down to receiver the ones that like you got the
1: main ones, you got Cotton, you got Tim Jones, and is that it? And that's yeah, I mean, it.
0: honestly, man, I don't see how Cotton or Austin make this team. I think to your point, Tim Jones has made some plays. So, Tim Jones, like, might be... Right. He's I, in the mix.
1: I agree with you. What I'm saying there is, if none of the starters are going to play against Atlanta... Oh, game, I see what you're saying. You're, you only have, like, four or five, right? Uh, Yeah. Like, Treadwell will play, Visca, likely. Well, maybe
0: not, but... Oh, they'll probably play LaVisca now. So, LaVisca, you got Jeff Cotton. Does he need to Jeff show Jones? something in that game? <laughs> yeah. It feels that way, doesn't I it? I think. I mean, we talked about that earlier in the show. I mean, yeah. that's one thing... I think LaVisca all of a sudden, and again, this is a guy who's a believer in Laviska Chennault, but I think he's putting himself right on that roster bubble. And I don't know if there's an attachment to this regime to him that will save him. Sometimes that saves guys. The fact that we drafted you or we brought you in or we really believe, I don't think there is that here. Yeah, And I'm not sure he's shown enough to earn. Again, the biggest thing I would say about LaVisca, and, and I'm sure if I ask them inside, i say trust has he earned the trust? Does Trevor trust? Him? Does Doug Peterson yes, trust? Him? Doug just, just, trust him? I don't know. Like, what's there to trust? Last year, I thought he ran wrong routes. He dropped balls, dropping the punt. It's hardly practicing. Like, what's there to trust? So, I so, think Le- I think Lavisca could be in trouble. I'm just not as impressed. And I, I hate to say this, I, I'm not like over the moon, eye poppingly, whoa, look at Tim Jones. I've seen guys like Keelan Cole and Alan Hearns, and you're like, holy cow, they're making the team. And and I'm just not there yet. And Casey was a little more there than me on Tim Jones. Yeah. We'll see where the Jags are uh, when it comes to that. But I think it's all of a sudden, I didn't think there was even a chance for those guys a week ago. And now I think Tim Jones has entered the fray, he's entered the conversation. They call him more reliable. And I think Loviska has put himself on the bubble. Like, he has squarely put himself on the bubble to make this team. And he might be, right now, as we sit here on a Monday, on the outside looking in. Like, this week might be huge for LaVisca Chenault to make the team. Yeah, well, you're down to Visca, Treadwell, Tim Jones, Cotton, and um, uh, Jamal Agnew. Well, Agnew. In I mean, the game. He's on yeah. the team. That's a, that's a great call by Tony Polster, by the way. If so, it would be three Joneses at wide receiver. Oh, look oh, at that. Oh, man. Marvin Zay and Tim. The Jones. Can you imagine They're going to gonna... with the Joneses like a poster. At some oh, point, they're going to line up. With the Joneses. Jones and Jones and Jones. I mean,
1: Jones up top, Jones on bottom, Jones in the slot.
0: Mr. Jones and me. Uh, I mean, this we'll is be... awesome. Casey has no idea what that reference is. Not a clue.
1: <laughs> Not a but clue. I like the idea Months? of having three Joneses. Never heard that song, Casey, Mr. Jones?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's old people music to you? Yeah, my dad likes it. Right. Uh, <laughs> Shut up, Chip. i Counting Crows what's, fan. It, what's it called? Counting Crows are awesome, by the way. That's <laughs> easy with the awesome. No, ah, I love that heavy album. That's praise. It's a great Counting album. C- the album, yes. The debut album. Oh, yeah, that's okay. all I care about is the one album. A couple of hits on that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that album was terrific. Counting Crows. What's it called?
1: Not squared. Like, we have two Joneses, so we're Jones squared. Nah, what's right, the three oh, called? cubed.
0: Cubed. We got Jones cubed. Word up. All right, let's go. We got to get to these tweets. I'm wasting time. <laughs> okay. Jones cubed. We're right run here. out of time. We could go four hours today, but Casey's going to get Brian Middleton up to do their show. One more thing. One more thing.
1: End around. You hand it off to Jones. <laughs> he flips it to Jones, and a pass from Jones to Jones. Love it's it. Jones to
0: Jones to Jones for six. Get the tweets. <laughs> oh, there, I got to hit the end zone, though. I kind of like that.
1: <laughs> Jones. Be,
0: that would be <laughs> terrific. Just try it. Like, Come right. On.
1: I mean, no what, no. they got to have fun like that. And we got Doug Peterson, the perfect guy for fun. Now, but one of his <laughs> last name is Jones. Would that That'd be called be a... the Jones
0: Special? <laughs> All right. Love it. Jones, what a, a play-action Jones. What a team. Guys, right. I went around uh, Twitter. I was picking up some tweets, following some narratives, some storylines we've been paying attention to recently. Uh, and this first one here is from uh, one of my favorites on Twitter, Dan Orlovsky. Uh, this man really is a uh, the, the truth-sayer oh, when it comes okay. to the quarterback. He's talking Kenny Pickett today. He thinks Kenny Pickett had a good game. Dan Orofsky out there, the thing that Kenny Pickett did the best this past weekend, he made real big-time down-the-field NFL throws while being hit or under duress, did it quickly with great tempo, placement on throws, and his feet never wavered. Very impressive game. Fact or fiction, guys, what would you think about Kenny Pickett's performance against the Jaguars, their front, their secondary? I thought it was terrific, by the way. I mean, listen, we're raving about this defense for the Jags, and I think rightfully so. They've looked pretty good. I mean, they've been dominant. And he tore him apart on that one minute drive. I mean, that's a tough situation for a young player to be in. Yeah. I thought the pass to Fryermuth on the pressure down the middle it's a great was just there, terrific. Yeah. I mean, it was that was not a young player play. And so I think all that experience and obviously the hands didn't matter on that play, did it? Oh, nope. Did not. Nah. You think he's threatening Mitchell Trubisky? I don't think Trubisky is, like, gone to the bench and now the number two guy, I think he still starts the season. But I think this is pretty eye-opening in Pittsburgh. A little short leash. And now you know what happens. Like, we've lived this. We've done it sure. in Jacksonville. Gabbard, Bortles, right? Minshew even. They want that next guy. Like, and the fans will clam. Because Trubisky's not going to be Patrick Mahomes. No. I don't, even though Casey thinks he's unbelievable. He really does. He's but not, no, going he's not to that be. guy. And so he's going to make mistakes. They're going to look bad at times. And then as soon as that happens, they're going to call for this guy yeah. who has looked good in the in the preseason. And I think it did say a lot, Casey, that he only played the one series with the ones. Like, they didn't bring him out to play with the twos. No, I was surprised that he barely
1: played. It, I mean, the first drive was atrocious. They'd, they'd fall started and delay a game and did all their things. And then he came in in the one-minute drive, to your point, and it was really good. I was surprised he didn't get any run after the half, but obviously that was in the cards. And he did look really good. I was a fan of Kenny Pickett before the draft. I thought he's going to be pretty good. And now he's going to take over for Mitch, which is tough. <laughs> You've
0: but, also, by the way, you're putting a young guy with uh, tiny hands out there with no protection, that offensive line looking tiny awful. They are, they are trash. You right Elton John can remake <laughs> tiny dancer? <laughs> I'll be close to tiny hands <laughs> Hey, we're looking at Adam Schefter's, uh, one of his latest <laughs> music knowledge here on the show today. <laughs> looking at one of Schefter's latest tweets about another one of your boys, Casey. <laughs> what do you We got a mission test revealed that the Giants defensive end, Kayvon Thibodeau, He suffered a sprained MCL. It's expected to sideline him three to four weeks per source. ACL meniscus intact. Giants still hopeful. He's going to be ready for the regular season opener versus the Titans. Is this going to slow down what would have been a really decent rookie campaign from a highly sought-after defensive end uh, around the draft time? Casey. You, you're you okay over there on
1: Thibodeau? I was, and I'll tell you what, I was watching the game live last night because um, Amanda's a big fan of watching preseason football That's after the starters come out. Shout-out to Amanda. truly incredible. Not only that,
0: shout-out to Amanda. I'm going to interrupt you even more because she just had the tweet of the day. Oh, uh, uh, I got to go get it. It's like 10, 10 minutes show. ago. And where she said... Uh, Hold on, I gotta find it now. I'm are well, so looking for Casey it, let Kurtzm- me give a shout out. Casey Kurtzmeter is high today. Oh, on ESPN six nine. Nice. There yeah. we go, Amanda. Nice work. I want to give a shout out to Amanda during that fight recap that I was losing my mind over. Jags pre uh, preseason fight. Amanda was in the chat, loving it. There we go. I didn't know she was into fight talk. All right, Casey. Now it's your turn for a take.
1: What are we talking about, Thibodeau? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I'm watching it live. And listen, I don't. They can have as many former players come on TV and the radio and say it wasn't a dirty block. Oh boy, what are we doing? <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah, I don't like to see that in the preseason. You yeah. know, it's preseason. Well, I wouldn't say it's dirty. I just a lot don't of like to call it clean. You know?
1: You know, I, You know, here's the thing. I, I'm the type of guy. You know, I don't care what the other people are saying. We can't. We can't be doing that in the preseason. I don't I, like it either. And I. I like Thaddeus Moss, by the way. I thought. He, I thought he got an unfair kind of shake of it, but uh. You know, I'm glad that he's not hurt too bad, but I was super mad when. Yeah, I so really, the
0: Jets and the ja- Jets and the Giants are in the similar situation. They got two key guys, young guys that mm-hmm. they drafted. Yep. I mean, one last year, one this year, in Wilson and Thibodeau, mm-hmm. both out with like a little meniscus injury for a few weeks, but they survived a big scare. It Could have been a lot worse. Yeah, and Wilson had surgery. I don't think that uh, Thibodeau's going to have surgery. But you're right; it could have been like season-ending. Yeah. And then both of them kind of made it out of there. Real quick before before
1: we go to the other way. He got up and walked off, and then went in, and then came out and went back in the tent. So I was like, "Oh, he's good," because he's like walking and moving yeah. and grooving, and then he comes out the tent and he's dabbing up the boys. I'm like, "My man is okay." <laughs>
0: the crazy thing about it, well, guys, okay. is, is the meniscus and ACL stuff. Like, you can walk, like you know, yeah, you it's just can, like pivoting or turning. Yeah, you so you feel it. like it's a weird injury because of that. Like, yeah. well, not not all of them. We'll do it. But, like, sometimes you can just walk off the field and you go to the get the MRI and it's a torn ACL. Packers, remember Robert Tunyon? He walked off, like, the whole way. Yeah. it's was torn. And it's That's not crazy. that uncommon, I think. I will say this. Jack survived an injury scare a couple of ways. It looks like Fadakasi was okay. Yeah, But also ETN limped off the field. I don't know how many people caught that, but he limped off. Like, somebody grabbed his leg and... Very astute, speaking of significant others. Steph from Section 203 texted down, what's up with ETN? Now, meanwhile, I had already seen it, but we just had no word because they're not going to give you an injury designation if he doesn't go into the tent usually or to the locker room or if they're just working it out. But it was a little bit like, okay, what's going on here? And then he filmed but he never went back in the game. Hmm. And so I'm not even, like, alarming you to be like, keep an eye on this. No, I think he's fine. But, uh, again, I think... He come up limping if you're etN right now, it's like, oh, I hope everything's okay. I tell you this, not only did you not know, not one person in the press box had no, it. I knew they wouldn't I figured they wouldn't have seen it. It was very slight. and it was as he was like once he hit the hash marks, he started to like labor a little bit and then he went I saw him I was really had my eyes on him. He was kind of blending in with the rest. He didn't go to the bench and get looked at. He was standing next to a trainer and <laughs> But I was like, oh, let's see where this thing goes. And, again, he just did some exercise be like, yeah, I think it's good. It's cool. And then they later did say he's fine um, to us. So that was good news. But, again, I mean, those things are scary in the preseason. Oh, yeah. Especially with a guy like hey, Etienne. And want we to see know this started. now. Looks like, at least, unless there's some crazy news we don't know about, Etienne's going to make it to the regular season. Yeah. And that is a big deal. Oh, yeah. The Jags have made it to the regular season with, well, oh, yeah, I guess yet. we still have a lot of practice. Oh now. we're not there yet. But they coming off what the games, where do you move. think that's where you really feel like you can get her? Now, listen, we've had guys that hurt in practice. But coming out of these two games, they are a- as healthy as they can be, it seems like, which sure. is a good thing. Yeah. Uh, Moving over to Carolina, as expected, the Panthers announced Baker Mayfield starting quarterback. This one from Tom Pelissaro, also pointing out uh, the first game of the season, week one for Baker Mayfield against the Browns. And this isn't the only time the Browns have been the subject of NFL conspiracy theorists because he got Deshaun Watson's potential return game against the Texans in week 12 as well. And you said something. If Joe Flacco starts for Wilson, he'll go against the Ravens. He'll go against the Ravens. Will so. it be Flacco if Wilson can't go a hundred percent? Oh,
1: yeah. what? what, what. Is, is Mike White not on the roster? <laughs> there He's there you on the go, roster, but
0: they don't, wanna, they don't want that smoke, Casey. That This is what happened last season when Wilson goes down. White goes in there. It's Mike oh. White mania for a couple oh, of I weeks. Remember.
1: I was on it. A la Gardner oh.
0: Minshew. Yeah. You know, and this guy, uh, suddenly everyone's like, well, maybe Zach Wilson ain't the guy. It's Mike White. The franchise wants nothing to do with that. But Fl- Flacco's been pretty good. In pretty He's season, been lining the it up in camp. Yeah. Uh, and a no couple Mike. other notes. So I, I don't know if you're going to get to this, but Minshew. And Dobbs, we both will. played pretty well. Yeah, I won't I won't touch on Dobbs, but both of those guys look really good this past weekend. Uh, but speaking of quarterbacks, how about Mac Jones? According to Albert Breer... Is he swearing at somebody running downfield? Mac Jones clearly found his voice in the locker room. He's got a good way about him, a lot of command over the offense for a year-two guy. These are all positive things from Albert Breer on how it's going for Mac, despite the information we're hearing out of Patriots camp and what we're seeing in these preseason games, that the offense is kind of a disaster uh, it said the confidence was reflected and joined with the Carolina coaches earlier this week at practices. By the way, they were the ones who coached him at the Senior Bowl a couple of years ago. I listen. I love Mac Jones, and I think Mac Jones from a like Bowls to Alabama to, to see him in this professional world doesn't surprise me at all. Like I think he knows how to study. I think he knows how to take care of business. I think he probably knows how to lead from that spot. I think he's learned a lot over at Alabama and coming into the NFL. It doesn't surprise me. But if Brent sits here and all I'm doing is raving about Trevor Lawrence and his leadership abilities, you guys are killing me. Because because, oh, great, we got a good leader, but can a guy play football and win play? games, right? Can he hit the end zone? And it's funny, like, I see Mike Reese out of New England. I see, now we see Albert Breer. Like, they're raving about that, but is it a problem in New England that they're not raving about, like, the throw he just oh, made yes. in practice? Yes, it seems like a problem. Although, well, he did have a nice throw to Aguilar. Uh, was it Aguilar? Would it have been Aguilar? Aguilar, yeah. Uh, Aguilar. In the uh, in the preseason they're game. They're talking about moving him, but yeah, he's still with them. They should. And then how about this, man? Uh, making the case... We want to thank Geno Smith and Drew Locke for making a great case for Gardner Minshew to go to Seattle over the past couple of weeks. Drew Locke. Brianna Green, who reports out there in Seattle, says also at the very least, it would make for a way more entertaining season, which honestly would be worth it in itself. We've been down this road before with Gardner Minshew. We know how exciting that season could be with the mustachioed one. Is Seattle making a mistake by not putting him on the roster? Well, I, I think they have time for that. They could find that. They could make a move for him in like October. If they need to. So, I think they're going to see what they got in Rulock, and they've made their bet, and they're paying Geno Smith some ungodly amount of money for a backup spot in an order to stand $7 million. Maybe I think they're should. paying for the tank. I had Geno Smith on the Jets. That's not a fun time. Yeah, uh, just just to They add, just signed both their receivers, right? Or did they sign Lockett? They just signed Metcalf. They signed Metcalf. But how do you tank after giving a guy $28 million a year? It makes no sense.
1: They're not trying to win. I stand by that because I it's agree Ruloc. With you. yeah. But... I mean Gardner is just so much better than both of them.
0: Well, talk about being so much better. Rare air. I took this tweet from NFL on CBS, our final tweet of the segment. Best career touchdown interception ratio among active quarterbacks. It goes so Aaron, Aaron Rodgers at four point eight three. Pat Mahomes, four point oh eight. Gardner Minshew. 3.42. He's about 450 touchdowns behind Aaron. Just a little bit. <laughs> Russell Wilson 336, and then Tom Brady 307. That is good company to keep. It's 41 and 12. It's it's ridiculously it's good. Insanity. And from a number standpoint alone, it's ridiculously good. And uh, we'll see where Minshew does. He get another opportunity somewhere else, or uh, does he somehow get him an opportunity in Philly based on situations? Whether it's Kurt's not playing well or injury or something. We'll find out. But right now he's in Philadelphia and playing pretty well in the preseason. I like oh, yeah. it. I like to see it. I like Gardner Minshew. I'm rooting for him. And um, I I think uh, eventually he'll get another chance. And can he make the most of it? Maybe he we'll can kick some touchbacks. <laughs> if he can kick. All right, we're going to take a break, come back, wrap up the show, put Action Sports Jacks OT on deck with Casey Kurtz and Brian Middleton. It is coming up on ESPN 690. I'm not worried about the offensive line at all. I think what happens in these situations is you start to look at the names and you start to worry about, oh my God, Tom Brady's a statue sitting in the pocket. He couldn't get out of his own way if he tried to. Ball out quick. Three-step drop. There's different things that Tom Brady understands that he needs to do as a quarterback to not put himself in harm's way. No matter what he's had in his career, he's had some of the best offensive lines, some of the worst offensive lines. But as long as the ball comes out and everybody's in the positions that they're supposed to be in, I'm not worried about the offensive line at all because you there's not a lot that you can do in this day and age to Tom Brady to frustrate him, to put him in a situation where he's not going to be successful. If you bring a casino blitz and you bring in everybody because the offensive line is in trouble, he knows how to check out of a bad play and into a good one. KJM, Keyshawn Johnson, Jay Williams, Max Kellerman. In the morning, 6 a.m. until 10 a.m. I'm, ha- I'm half with Keyshawn on that, but the reality is that man is not escaping no. three to th- th- uh, like a, th- a three-man bull rush front. Uh, he's it's going to be problems. Well, as Clay way. Harper said last week, I mean, he can set everything up at the line of scrimmage, so you can solve some of that. But you can still can't can't run all games. You can't run away from people. Not all games. So uh, Tom Brady back. We'll see. You know, I did think about this, but I don't know if it matters. It's like, what if like, how mad would Tom Brady be if Mike Evans just left for two weeks? Oh my God, he'd be or like a, he'd two be of his sense. offensive linemen. I can't. I can't imagine Tom. Be- you heard Clay talk about how competitive Tom was with video games. Yeah. I can't imagine he'd be okay with guys walking away during camp. But I think that's a little, like, snarky and not a bigger way to look at it. Tom Brady's freaking Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. He makes you so much better than anybody else makes you, then it doesn't matter if he had to leave for two weeks. So you're saying that, all you that is just... do is... Go ask that teammate that might be pissed off about it and be like, all right, would you rather have uh, Kyle Trask play this year or playing Gabbert or Tom Brady? And they'll be like, ah, he can join us on September 11th if he wants. You're right. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're right in your point. But if I'm on the team... Right, and I'm having personal problems, and maybe Tom's having similar problems, or even if they're not similar, but Tom gets to go handle his, and like I'm on the phone with uh, my family, and they're mad at me. I'm like, you know, this is this is annoying. Yeah, it how they handled that internally would be interesting mm. because of that. Because yeah. they'd be like, what about me?
1: I yeah. I cannot wait till that sale of Man U comes through? Oh my goodness, we're getting forehead tattoos. It's gotta be
0: <laughs> hey, real quick, uh, PGA Tour, <laughs> Tiger Woods, and every, no laying up came out with this. Uh, some details about the PGA Tour Revamping And, and we're not going to touch on all of it We can get to it more later in the week But Casey, you like the idea What they're thinking with these like premier events With the best players Like basically the PGA T- The guys, the players said We need more events Where we're all playing Like The best players in the world Are playing You like that idea? No Their solutions are not. You nonsense. don't like that idea
1: like, hey, let's just all play on one of the tour events in the schedule. Let's, like, just communicate. Yes. Like, don't make me fake events that d- don't mean anything to me. Like, let's all go play, pick a random event that usually don't play, and then see what happens because then you still have these lesser-known guys that have an opportunity to win and beat the best players in the world. Don't just go play in your, like, elitist golf little pub putt area. Like, play in the tour events. The tour goes to the 3M Open in Minnesota, and go play. And it goes to North Carolina for the Wyndham Championship. Go play. Don't give me some stupid event in some stupid place. It's not a real PGA Tour event. So yeah, no, but he kind country. of
0: mixes it up. Like, see, live golf doesn't have the best golfers playing. If you took 18 out of the top 20, like the tour championship or something, that's going to take place this week and did that more often, I don't know, with a bigger pot of gold at the end? I kind of like. I like the way the tour and the players have responded to some of this more than other people. Oh do. man, it's the thing I hate most about what the PGA is doing right now. Yeah, I know. So a lot of people don't like it. I'm yeah. in the minority. I think they've actually kind of regrouped quicker than a lot of corporations, businesses, all this other stuff would. Well, you might be right about that. All right, that's it for uh, today's show. Don't worry about Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> that's the moral of the story today. <laughs> Casey, Chris, Brian Middleton up next. Action Sports Shack's OT. We'll be back at it tomorrow at 3 p.m. and then off to Atlanta after that for the week. Thanks for listening, everybody. ESPN 6.9. We'll see you on TV tonight, CBS 47 and Fox 30.